Hey there, I'm so pumped to tell you about an amazing new community I've launched called Grief to Growth Circle Community. It's a space for people who are grieving to come together to support each other and for people who want to know who we are, why we're here, where we're going to have those conversations, all the things we talk about on the podcast. So I invite you to join me at grieftogrowth.com slash community to become part of this compassionate crew. The best part is 100% free. And you have access to me in addition to everybody else in the community. In fact, the podcast will be there so you can talk about the things we talk about in the podcast right there in the community. There's also some premium content if you want to go deeper in the work I'm doing, but mostly it's about building relationships and community and about sharing resources and supporting each other. So come on over and check it out. It's grieftogrowth.com slash community. I'll see you inside. Hi there. Welcome to Grief to Growth Podcast. Your host is Brian Smith, spiritual seeker, best-selling author, grief survivor, and life coach. Brian believes that the worst tragedies of life provide the greatest opportunity for growth. Brian says he was planted, not buried, and he is here to help you grow where you've been planted by the difficulties in life. In each episode, Brian and his guests will share what has helped them to survive and thrive. It is his sincere hope this episode helps you today. Hi, everybody. This is Brian back with another episode of Brief to Growth. And today I've got with me Oliver Rolf. And Oliver is the founder and CEO of Spartan International. And he focuses on life and career guidance and global equities and investment banking recruitment. Uh, he studied accounting and finance and started his career at the leading global accounting firm. In 2003, he began his financial services recruitment career with the subsidiary of S3, one of the largest recruitment companies in Europe. And he spent over 19 successful years specializing in, in mid to senior level individuals with outstanding track records in global equities. He published his first book, which is called The Survivor's Guide to Your Career Today, which is the, in 2019. And it's the must have career guide for 16 to 25 year olds. He's also been published in the New York Times and Bloomberg, the Trade News, Euromoney, and many other global publications. Oliver and Spartan have a daily blog that re- receives hundreds of thousands of views a month. He has a LinkedIn follower of over 20,000 and a newsletter with thousands of subscribers. And he has a Spartan YouTube channel. And Spartan International has been running for well over a decade and is recognized internationally. But the reason why Oliver is here today is he's he's written a very interesting book that I want to talk about. His mission has really always been to assist people in becoming the best they they can be. And he's written a book called The Holistic Guide to Your Health and Well-Being Today, a step-by-step guide to the relationship between your physical, mental, energetic, and emotional health. So with that, I want to welcome to Grief to Growth, Oliver Rolf. Thank you so much, Brian. That was such a, a warm and welcoming introduction, and uh, I genuinely really appreciate it. And I, I appreciate you inviting me onto your podcast. It's a real pleasure for me. Yeah, it, it's great to have you here. And as I read your bio, people might wonder, well, why is he on Grief to Growth? Because that's this show is really about healing. But your book sounds fascinating. So I like to find out, like, how did you, what made you decide to write this book after having such a successful career in, in the corporate world? Um, it's a great question. And there are a, quite a different uh, number of factors with this. So um, I'll start with actually why I, I wrote the book when I wrote it. So as you uh, quite rightly mentioned, at the end of 2019, um, I wrote my first book, The Survivor's Guide to Your Career Today. And it really is a um, it's a complete guide for um, people in the latter stage of education, early stage of career, 
gives a great overall view, but it also starts leading into uh, meditation, mindfulness, being a bit more aware of yourself. And I think awareness and self-awareness is key, um, that, especially for me. I think that is the key point of the book. It's the key point of the sentiment that I believe that I'm I'm trying to portray um, importantly, because one, there is no uh, one size fits all when it comes to health and well-being. And there's no one size fits all when it comes to an individual. We are all genuinely individuals. That's why we have individual. And for me, the, the best way that anyone can help themselves is by genuinely knowing themselves the best that they possibly can. Because that's the starting point of everything. Mm-hmm. So um, in um, the book, so going back to so the book came out in 2019. I was unbelievably tired at that time. I was actually exhausted from work and from the book and everything that was going on around me. So I thought, you know what, I'll wait till 2020 because 2020 was, I think, well, for many a year was the big year where the world was going to change we had flying cars and whatever else right um so i thought right i'll uh, i'll push it over and do some marketing then and then something happened a couple of months into uh 2020 that basically changed the world so um i was sitting in uh, actually i was sitting in uh my garden with uh my kids and my wife and it was a beautiful day it was you know it was really lovely and very fortunate to you know to be where we are but you know, I, I like to work um, and I had just this overriding kind of energy to go, I can't do this. So, uh, so I turned to my wife and I said, look, I, I just can't do this. And uh, I think she said, you can't do what? I think she got slightly worried after two and a half weeks in lockdown that uh, I wanted out. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously being very supportive, I explained that, that I, I just had to go and do something and and really put my energy to good use um and you know bless her she was unbelievable uh we've got two young kids so she really helped with uh, them throughout the whole of lockdown and homeschooling whilst i pondered off to the office and uh and started on the book now this book has come about in so many different facets the the long and the short of it, it was 10 years ago, about a decade ago, um, I slipped the first disc in my back, roughly about chest height in the, in the thoracic, I think thoracic six or seven if memory serves. Um, and um, unfortunately, that slipped disc actually um, ended up stopping me playing uh, soccer, which is such a massive thing for me. I was massively active um, and a really big catalyst. Um probably for, for the first thing I've changed in my life. But what then happened is that one slip disc turned into seven slipped and damaged mm-hmm. discs and a diagnosis of something called ankylosing spondylitis. Well, actually, I've got non-radiographic non-ankylosing spondylitis. Now, ankylosing spondylitis is an inflammatory disease of the spine. So left untreated, uh, the spine would fuse. Mm. So my life changed in an instant um you know I, I couldn't play soccer anymore um so i had to put my energies elsewhere and i had to i was trying to work for the right way to put it this but i almost had to deal with myself um you know mm-hmm. in, in many respects when you're so active you just keep on going and you don't sit with yourself you don't 
listen to yourself, uh, you don't feel yourself, you don't feel the pain, uh, or you don't feel the joy at times as well. You just get the, how I call it, the subconscious feeling. Now, I had to sit with myself and really start to understand how I'm going to get through this moment. And and I, I mean that non-dramatically because it wasn't just about um, the, the soccer side of it. I, I couldn't pick up my children and I physically couldn't lift them and hold them, which broke me. It was so painful for me. Mm. And I remember sitting at a restaurant, I don't want to tear up, but I remember sitting at a restaurant uh, across, the, uh, across to a friend of mine and I just burst out in tears because it was just, it hurt so much. So I was dealing with mental anguish, physical anguish, uh, chronic pain at the time. I kind of deal with that every day anyway. Um, so it really gave me, uh, it didn't give me much option in many respects, um, but to really look at my life. So, you know, I, I started my company when I was 28. So I was always quite uh, an active, forward thinking person. But going back, so that was my story in my last decade. But And I'll do the, this story very quickly because there's quite a lot of different points here. So um, my parents got divorced between the ages uh, five and six, which I think a lot of parents do, um, especially in the Western world in particular. Um, between the ages of six and 16, I had about 45 um, operations, mostly on my sinuses. So dealt with a lot of kind of early trauma in that respect um i had asthma i i weighed 55 pounds more than i do now probably actually a little bit more so i was also a, a big kid um at the same time as we were growing up uh, my brother was in rehab for drinks drunks and gambling my sister was anorexic and bulimic my dad had two nervous breakdowns um and i also had a an exceptionally difficult relationship with a a girlfriend who had said that uh, she was pregnant with my child and it wasn't my child, it was someone else's, which I, I, I kind of knew bottom, like deep down, um, but that didn't come out till some years after. So, and, and and by the way, you know, forgiveness is pure and and it's something you must do. And actually I'm still in contact with this person now. You know, we all make mistakes and it's about understanding those mistakes and understanding the lessons through them um but yeah you know there, there there's been a lot for me to learn from so when i was younger i was uh i, I think i went to every doctor that was available Obviously, you know having 45 operations something's not right um and it's, it wasn't a drastic thing it's, it's uh, polyps in the sinus effectively um but it was just constantly reoccurring so i saw allergists and uh, holistic therapists and surgeons and uh, anyone that that could do anything. So I I took in a huge amount of early information about every kind of uh, medicine because really I was very fortunate. My mother say cared. I'm not saying that some mothers don't care, but you know she spent a lot of time trying to help me and get me better and and make sure I didn't have to go through these scenarios. Um, and then I and throughout that period of time, and even include nu uh, nutrition to be fair. But even through that period of, um, period of time, I learned so much. And then with what happened 10 years uh, ago for me now, all of this is just a life filled of experience and personal kind of gain and knowledge. And then what I've done within the book 
it's not just me just saying, yeah, yeah, I did this and I did that. It, it really, it's not to do with that at all. It's basically, it's there's been so much scientific research done everywhere. Uh, America in particular, some amazing research done, on, whether it's on foods or sleep or coffee or whatever it is. There's just a screen time. There is loads of loads and loads of research out there. And what I've done, I've pulled a lot of that research together to kind of give it a lot of background understanding to you know, some of the things that are quite common, um, some of the things that you probably got questions over, like, you know, how many cups of coffee is good for you and how many cups of coffee is bad for you. You know, those kind of elements are throughout the whole book. And it's really backed by science. So it's not just an element of being woo-woo and whatever else. And it's funny, you, you mentioned at the beginning um, about why am I on here as, you know, a business person and, you know, I've written a couple of books. The bottom line is the book and my life is my own healing. Mm -hmm. And whilst it's not been through the grief of loss, it's been through the grief of trauma um, and experience. Mm -hmm. And uh, the funny thing is that, you know, with the holistic guide to your health and well-being today, I'm going to be, no, it's not even I'm going to be, I'm using it as my own guide. I literally, I'm picking it up going, I even forgot I wrote about that. That is, yeah, that's something which I'm going to take away today and just go, right, I'm going to look after my stomach in a better way or whatever it might be. And actually, it was, there was one point about, uh, you know, gut health is so important for the immune system. Um, Antoine Bouchon came out with the terrain theory. And it was just, I literally flicked over to that page and I went, okay, this is this is great. This mm -hmm. This can work um and it's it's been so so positive so i know it's quite a uh a, a long in-depth answer to your question but there really is a huge amount of background to why we are with the book today yeah it's a, it's an important answer and thank you very much for sharing it, that that level of detail because we tend to you know look at someone's bio and we think we know everything about them right so it's like well this guy is a recruiter so why what would he know about this um, and you gave a really good answer as to what your life experience has been. And I, I, lo I love what you said about grief, because when we think about grief, we think about the loss of a person. But grief can come about from any type of loss. It can come about from illness, from trauma, from different, you know, different things. And you also tied into how the fact that grief forces us to grow, which is the name of the show. That's why we're why I'm here is because grief a lot of times changes us it helps we we metamorphize we we take that grief and we transmute it into something else and so when uh, i love hearing people's backstories that's my favorite thing is to learn like where do people what drives them what gets them to where they are so yeah thanks for sharing that no it's a pleasure it's a pleasure and you know it's in as you said that growth comes through those experience and those difficult moments that i i, look, I always feel that life throws you challenges that you can always go through and you can always succeed you never get something that's too much for you and once you go through that as you say you do metamorphize into a different version of yourself you grow you literally you grow and as you get older and you progress you know if you yeah i remember this from my grandparents and whatever else the older generation they're a quieter generation because they don't need to speak they're already aware and it's only those who want to educate that probably do end up speaking or those who speak just for the sake of speaking. And I think that's such a poignant thing that, you know, 
the experience is is so so key but it's nice in in today's age and especially with your podcast to be able to give back and discuss things that probably well not, not even probably would never have been discussed before uh, and people would be ashamed to discuss as well yeah well I, and that's a lot of things i try to do with this one is to lift that shame of talking about our traumas and our grief uh, to to bring a humanity, a commonality to everyone. People I deal with are always asking me, well, is this normal for me to feel this way? And again, we tend to look at other people's lives and we say, they I'm having all this pain, but other people don't have it. Because we we all, we you know, we we tend to keep these things to ourselves. And I was just talking with a friend last night. Uh, we were at dinner with a friend and he just went through a major, major trauma. And my wife was sharing a story about a woman she knows, and we've known this woman for a while. How many years now? 15 years, probably. And my wife just found out like last week that she had lost a daughter, you know, many years ago, but it had never come up. So, you know, as I said, for people listening to this, it's like, oh, you know, again, they might look at you on the surface and say, successful guy, not a care in the world. You know, you, you would never know what the background is. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Hey there, I'm testing out a new feature. I'd love to get your feedback on it. It's called Fan Mail, and you can send me a message right from the show notes of the podcast. So look for the link that says send me a text. You can ask a question for a future podcast. You can suggest a guest or just give me any feedback you want. Just remember, it is one way I can't text you back, and I will not have your name, your email address, or your phone number unless you include it in the message. Let me know what you think. Yeah, it's um, and sometimes that in itself is a is a mental challenge because you carry those scars with you and you you carry it with you every day. It's like it literally is like it's it is like luggage, and it's it's there. And I think if people, you know, you almost want people to appreciate it in some ways. So you go, look, just so you know, gone through some stuff. Give me a break. I, I'm doing my best. You know, and it's almost that kind of attitude to a degree. And I think, you know, for me, whether I've always been like this, I can't even remember. But I I tend to be on the the very much more positive side of life. Personally, I don't see why you'd want to be on any other side. You'd be harming yourself before you even started. At least give yourself a chance and think well. Um, Mm. And personally, there, there is a that magnetism and connectivity of life. And I do believe that what you put out is what you receive. And it's not just being, uh, you know, talking about it on a fairy language. You you have to do in life. If you want to succeed, you have to do. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people, I think, sometimes just expect. And there are other people who do and don't get. And I think there's always a timing uh, when you do get and when you don't get. But I always think that there is a... That, for me, there's a soul's path and a soul's destiny or a destiny in life that everyone has to follow. And again, this comes back to self-awareness. You know, we are amazing creatures that we have feelings and we can understand those feelings. And you've got your subconscious that will give you a physical pain to make you realize of something, that you've made a mistake or you need to look at something. It happens constantly. 
And the thing, if you, um, there's a great book uh, called Blink by Malcolm Gladwell. Not that I should be promoting his book, but it is a fantastic book, and I actually talk about it in mine. Mm-hmm. And Blink is basically um, the point of if you're an experienced individual in whatever field, um, within a blink of an eye, you would recognize more likely subconsciously that something is not right about a scenario. Uh, and he gives several scenarios about the same thing. And it's it's the same way as if you walk into your room and something is off. You know, if you walked into your bedroom and someone moved something or there was something that, you know, you know, that was always there, you would know subconsciously that something is not right in your room. And that is how the subconscious works. And I believe that the more we can connect to that, again, it comes from the self-understanding, the self-awareness, the more you can actually start to help yourself. And then once you've helped yourself and created that solid foundation, then you can start to move forward. However, what I've, I've started to, uh, let's say, maybe understand or, or probably believe more is that you have to keep a constant check. It's not a case of, well, I'm... I'm I'm good. I'm good now. So onwards I march and I shall never look at myself again. Um, I think actually it's constant reflection and constant understanding. And I don't know about, about you, but so I, I often make mistakes, unfortunately, like everyone. <laughs> um, but mistakes really hurt me. Uh, if if someone hasn't agreed with, with not someone who hasn't agreed with the decision, because that sounds really like I'm, I'm trying to be a, a people pleaser to everyone, but if I've done something and someone specifically disagreed it or was generally very angry or angst, but that would stay with me for a little bit. I would, I have to sit on that and really, really let that work through. Cause otherwise it will stay with me for quite a long time and end up probably hurting me for the long term. to be fair. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of what happens. Um, and I, you know, as I said, I can't say that I've been through the, probably the, the deep grief which a lot of people have um i know uh one well, my very good friend of mine runs uh, is a ceo of a grief uh, encounters charity in london so um i'm where i'm aware of it um but even having that loss that grief by not i say almost facing it and dealing with it head on the harder it becomes for a longer period of time and i, and I think that that becomes with anything and it's so hard because dealing with it is whatever it is whether it's loss of someone uh, a situation um even you know you have small losses you know if someone leaves my company i you know i, I feel a loss you have that disconnection sure um and it's when you when you're in that moment you're kind of feeling uh that instant uh connection and that pain you can get but that pain actually brings you so much um, understanding and experience and learning that you go, okay, well, why am I feeling like that? How can I improve that? What can I do next time to ensure invariably that doesn't happen? Or just to make sure that there's a better way of either you do it, dealing with it, handling it, or whatever else may be. Yeah. Well, you, you touched upon something I think it's very important is that we have a choice in how we look at things. We don't have a choice necessarily in what happens to us. We have a choice in how we look at it. And, you know, we all have obstacles in life. Uh, and again, we look at somebody from the outside and we look at very superficial level. We assume that well, they don't have the obstacles that I have. Uh, and we can get very down on ourselves and say, well, life's not been fair to me, you know, and we look at people that that have overcome and, and don't really 
give them credit for what they've overcome because they've gone through some of the same same things that we have. They've just chosen to look at it a different way, to look at it, as you said, it's like, what can I learn from this? What is this pain trying to teach me? What is what's going on here? And that could even you even that could even be a physical pain. It, that could be coming from the subconscious trying to get our attention, trying to teach us or something. So it's a curiosity about life, I think, that comes about when you look at life that way. It's interesting you say that. So I, I've had a lot of these conversations recently. So I, as Stephen Hawking says, and um, God rest his soul, um, before he passed, always look up. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's a very fair, fair statement to make because most people, I would say, don't look up. You know, it's all very much looking down, very uh, centered around today, Earth, and and that's it. You know, it's a very physical existence. There is so much that happens. You know, we're talking about there are billions of stars and planets, and like you know, it the mind boggles really boggles to understand what happens um unfortunately i said in, in england you don't always get the best skies and it's not always the most perfect weather to be sitting outside however um when i'm on holiday or wherever else my maybe it's a warm climate for me to sit outside and in, in the stars is just one of the most perfect things to do not only for relax relaxation and just you know, having that moment and just taking some time and it is perfectly relaxation, uh, relaxating and actually quite a dark and, and temperate moment. Mm-hmm. Um, but the amount of activity there is in the sky is unbelievable and absolutely fascinating, whether it's shooting stars and I, I must have seen over 100 shooting stars and every single one of them I'm still amazed by. They're just incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, or... I've, I've, I've either seen uh, a satellite or something else in the sky kind of go haywire, uh, which was pretty fascinating, fascinating as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what, but you know, it, it's there's just so much cool stuff that's going on. And I think when you when you do look up, I think the, the anxiety of Earth kind of dissipates a little bit, and you go, okay, well, look, there's there's a lot more going on than just me. And I've always in my life had a, um, call it a macro view, a very um, look outside looking in view, top down. Mm-hmm. And I, I I genuinely feel that that perception is beneficial. Um, whilst I'm talking about obviously looking in yourself and understanding yourself, it's almost that, that's, that's being the core. That's kind of that center point where I think everyone needs to have. But I genuinely feel having that top-down view and seeing how everything is connected together because everything's connected together. I, you know, in executive search, you see synchronicity the whole time and just in the most fantastic and fabulous of ways. Um, And in ways at times that you can only be amazed with and the timing of things. Um, You literally can't plan things better than what's already being set in motion and sometimes you've almost got to just ride the wave of life and ride the energies and uh and actually i do feel that we get energies at different points so when you're going through a grief moment i i always feel and i think this is correct your frequencies are lower Mm -hmm. i think that's right rather Mm -hmm. than higher um and 
it's it's almost rebalancing yourself and going through those those individual moments and it literally is it's it's just those individual moments yeah I, absolutely i think it's that's 100 percent correct and i like what you talked about you know looking up and trying to take the macro view about things we're we're going through it's it's very cold here right now it's like 20 degrees below normal temperatures and i hate the winter um so you know i'm like last week i'm thinking okay it's it's cold it's it's getting dark early we haven't seen the sun in a few days and then i saw buffalo new york just got hit with like six feet of snow and i looked at that and i'm like okay could be worse <laughs> so my whole attitude changed and like you know today it's sunny it's about what's it it's 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 up to freezing now but it's sunny i'm like yeah at least i'm not in buffalo so it's just a matter of how you look at things Stay with us. We'll be right back. Hi there. I'm really excited to tell you about my latest ebook. It's four lessons that you can learn from the near-death experience without going through all the trouble of dying to learn them. I've been studying NDEs for several years now. I am completely convinced that not only are they 100% real, but that there's some very universal wisdom that we can get from the near-death experience. And I've distilled that down in this book into four short lessons. And I've also given you all the reasons why I believe the NDEs are absolutely real. So go to www.grieftogrowth.com slash NDE lessons to pick it up for free www.grief2growth.com slash NDE lessons. I hope you enjoy it. it. Well, I think that's with everything. You could look at uh, you can look at it in such a much broader way. The fact that you've got a phenomenal show and you're in a beautiful uh, place there and you know, you're wearing lovely clothes and you've got technology and you've got food in your belly and you know, there are so many things that anyone could look at, but it, it is that moment you go, well, well, I don't feel good at this moment. And and do you know what? I think everyone's allowed to have that moment as well. Sure. Like, I think we should sure. have that moment you, where you go, uh, I don't feel good. I'm just having one of those really rubbish days. <laughs> okay, I'm allowed to have one of those rubbish days. Mm-hmm. And it's almost good to kind of have it because um, I actually, I had one of the days uh, last week. I think on Friday, I didn't have a great day. I was really... I had a massive presentation, which I would, I don't know why, for some reason, I was really concerned about it. It was mm-hmm. to, it's been uh, some very, uh, sort of very senior um, US banks uh, management team. And just, you know, I, I don't know why I was a little bit, put a huge amount of pressure on myself for the, the week or two before. And literally come Friday, I was just so, I don't, I'm not going to say exhausted, but my energy just dropped like mm-hmm. 20 30 percent and i just i realized that straight away i just felt you know what i need to take a couple of hours or i don't even know what it is i think two or three hours did something else i can't remember what i did now which is perfect <laughs> if you don't remember what you've done in those two or three hours you've probably done the right thing for you and actually in fact i went out and um i saw my mother in fact i think she's awful the fact i forgot that <laughs> um so I just thought, you know what, I was going to see my mother. I saw my grandfather as well. And I felt genuinely that was a, a massive um, use, well, a great use of the time. Yeah. Um, and I, I think those moments where you can just connect to someone else and go, okay, well, let, let me see how they're doing. Yeah. And you focus on on yourself as a person and, and your network of love and, and connecting, obviously, family. Um it was it was a genuinely really good thing for me, and I've only 
I'd say only started over the last five years. I could say 10 since I started short, but really since the last five where I'm noticing those things in myself and therefore I'm able to work through it and put, Mm -hmm. you know, these tools into practice. And that's really what what life's about. It's utilizing the tools that you've got around you uh, for the betterment of yourself. Yeah, that's a that's a perfect example, uh, and I love what you said there because sometimes people, when you know, people like you and I are talking about healing and with people, um, they it's like they could be this. I call it toxic positivity, where it's like they think, okay, well, I'm just going to feel good all the time. I'm never going to have a bad thought. I'm never going to have a bad day, and we all do. We all do sometimes, but it's it's feeling that not judging ourselves for having a bad day or or, or putting pressure on ourselves and saying. Okay, what what am I trying to tell myself here? What am I going to do? Take some time off, you know, um, because we can just our society tells you to push, 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 and just push through it, which is not healthy in the long run. I mean, we're 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 all human beings, you know. We we need those those down times and those down days, and those it, that's how life is. Life is a it's a flow. It's a river. Absolutely. I think that's, that's such a lovely way to put it. And I completely agree. It is a flow. It is the flow of life. It's like the chi. Um, mm. It really, it, it's enjoying the flow and not, I think that's, that's almost the point in what you're saying, really. It's not pushing against the flow. Because yeah. if, you know, realistically, at that moment, I could have gone, ah, oh, I've got stuff to do. I'm just going to go and do it anyway. And realistically, all you're doing is pushing yourself into a chronic stress level which eventually will lead to burnout mm-hmm. and it's going to be far far worse for you than taking a few hours here or there it's the whole point of what i'm talking about it's just going look accept that you're not going to be running at 100 miles an hour every day of your life you're a human being we are affected by viruses by the weather by energy by by, by people around us um by family by love by money um Give yourself a break. You're doing a good job. I mean, people, and do you know what? This is the other thing as well. Forgiveness. Forgive yourself. Forgive yourself first. Mm-hmm. This is the most important thing. Yeah, and, and I've listened to a lot of things recently. And actually, it's a very, very fair point. If something's happened, a lot of the uh, uh, the remnants of that pain is about your own forgiveness. So, you know, I I lost a lot of my childhood. I probably took that, well, in some ways, I probably took that on myself Mm -hmm. as being my fault. But it wasn't my fault. I didn't do anything about it. It was just what it was. It was the reality of of life. Mm -hmm. And and actually, there's another book which is in uh, my book called uh, The The Four Agreements by Don Don Miguel Ruiz, which I love. I think it's brilliant is mm-hmm. absolutely fantastic but one of the main things he says is don't take uh, don't take things personally mm-hmm. and i love that because i would say in life most people take most things personally and when you don't you start to actually i, I love how my mind's working it's giving me like really good images um it's like water's at water for ducks back mm-hmm. you know when you start to not take life personally someone says a comment you go okay and then you move on rather than going you know you said that that thing what thing when you're and you're still holding on to like three weeks ago right right 
Um, and it, and they're probably not even directing it at you. And you know, it was a flippant comment, and they didn't really mean it. Or and the thing is, when you're taking these little things in, and you can you can hear things. You know, I someone said to me uh, this. I was with um, uh, my wife and uh, her friend the other day, and she just had a, another baby. And I went to say hello to the baby. The baby started crying, and she goes, "Oh, don't worry, Oliver's not that bad." And um, I kind of went. Yeah. could say that in a lot of different ways right right but you take you, you take it how it is and you go well it is what it is and you move on it's a baby crying she's trying to make the baby happy it's not about me right but you can take it and you can take it personally and you can get upset with these scenarios and then you can hold it forward and suddenly relationships start to break down because well you said something and well you said that well i'm just saying that back to you and then suddenly you're breaking down a relationship and no one's actually said a single word to each other. And yeah. that's where communication's super key. Yes. With everything, with companies, with individuals. Say what you feel. Don't say something that sounds like what you think it feels. Say exactly what you mean. Mm-hmm. Say exactly how you feel. Let the other person know. Because when you do that, you're letting someone else know that's what you're doing. You're not hiding anything. You're being truthful and honest, and you're being true to yourself. By doing that, you are being the best version of you, and the other person can then respond to who you are as a human being. Yes. Yeah, I, I love you mentioned the four agreements. I talk about the four agreements all the time. It's I think it's it's so simple and it's so brilliant. And if you live by those four principles, it will change your life. Because you realize when people say things to you, it's not about you, it's about them, you know? And so you, you, as you said, I like that image, water off a duck's back. I, I'm going to let this go. And and that's why I was telling you earlier, I like to know where people are coming from. I love to get to know people at a deep level because then I can say, okay, now I know why she said that. I know what perspective she's coming from. I know what her, her insecurities are. And I, and and I'm and like that came from a place of insecurity. That came from a wound that that person got as a child, you know. And a lot of times, yeah. those things we carry them forward in life, and we're always we're we're adults, and we're trying to prove we're not who we were when we were five years old. Absolutely right. That and that is it. I think that's almost hard to deal with uh, for everyone. And we are all growing and learning and progressing. And I feel that if you if you don't learn from these uh, lessons, they'll keep on coming back. Mm-hmm. And it's hard. You know, we all have these, you know, real deep underlying uh, scars, which when it's triggered, you know, you, you often feel like an anger, like a, you know, a genuine anger or a pain. It's it's kind of either one or the other in many respects. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's tough. It's tough to, it's tough to go through. It's, it's tough to kind of keep on, so you're making the same mistakes, but hopefully you you connect onto it, and that goes from one, well, hopefully one positivity to another, to another, to another, and then eventually you'll get to a point, probably quite a long way into your life, I would have thought, where you feel complete in many respects, and I think that's you know when you feel whole in yourself and true in yourself, it's a very nice situation, I would say. I think it's an important moment really to feel complete and comfortable within yourself. 
Yeah, but you mentioned something earlier. I think was really good too. It's it's an ongoing process. It it never ends, and and that's the it's the it's when you get to the point where you realize that you're perfectly imperfect, and you ex, you can you can still work on making yourself better, but you're okay with who you are, and it's 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 a kind of a uh, almost a paradox. It's a paradox of accepting I'm not going to be perfect, and in that sense, I'm perfect in the way that I am. Yes. And also, it goes back to what we've said before. If you do make a mistake, don't beat yourself up about it. Don't hold it with you. You know, let it go. Learn from it. Try not to make the same mistake, Mm -hmm. but just don't beat yourself up and put yourself down. I think there's a lot of, and this, I think this actually opens up into a much wider conversation, Brian, really, because this is where we are with the social media um, environment not just for ourselves, but especially for the younger generation where they're being fed a virtual reality. Mm -hmm. Let's put it that way. You know, it is a virtual reality. You know, it's like, it's people moving into the meta world or the metaverse and living a virtual life. When you've got a life here to live, it's, it's running away from scenarios. Um, And I think that's, it, it's very dangerous because there is the vision and opinion of what one should, inverted commas, look like, dress like, present themselves like. The, you know, how does one feel good? How does one get the attention they want? You know, I've seen it with uh, a lot of young people around me, um, family and whatnot, whereas you know, the attention is driven, I say this in a, in a loose way, but towards sex and, you know, an appeal of going down of, well, I, I want to feel good, so I want someone else to f- make me feel good. Mm-hmm. And it's it's the wrong attitude. I'm not saying that it's it's easy when you're younger. I was very, I was after someone in the same way, to be honest. You know, I, there was always a scenario where, you know, you want to feel that love, but actually you really need to feel it yourself and it's a i think it's a very difficult one when you're looking at say a 16 year old to have what they probably need but a deep level conversation of some kind of upset trauma whatever it might be that they've they've been through um and deal with it in 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 a processed way and i just think there's a there's a lot of young young people at the moment who have got a need for this, mm-hmm. who are completely unaware of in themselves. Um, I think it's very difficult to, for parents to constantly pinpoint and highlight this because it is just difficult. You know, obviously subconsciously people uh, hide their their fears and weaknesses and, and frailties, mm-hmm. um, and it's a very complicated and difficult time when you're a, you're a young, well, say an older teenager. Uh, moving into real adulthood um, and dealing with all these emotions and pressures, you know, we are we are in a very difficult moment. And you add that towards uh, what we had with lockdowns. I think it was exceptionally difficult in that uh, that age uh, group in particular. Yeah. Um, you know, the mental health that we've all really struggled with, and everyone has been, as we you know we mentioned before we started. Um, I, I genuinely believe that everyone's been affected. And if they haven't, I feel that 
they have it just either hasn't manifested themselves or mm-hmm. they're just completely unaware and it could be to the smallest amount whether it's staying at home slightly more and just being you know i, I notice myself i feel more comfortable at time being at home and that probably happened because i spent two years at home <laughs> that's a shift so, i think a lot of us have made and not even realize i just saw something the other day when we when we went into lockdown people were like what do you mean i have to stay at home and now people are like, what do you mean I have to leave my house? <laughs> uh, and you you probably, I'm sure you see this in the recruiting space. You know, there's a big premium now. People want to work from home. People yeah. didn't really think about that two years ago. People, and, and a lot of jobs never even considered working from home. But now uh, my wife's at the company, they're pretty much all virtual. And we got together with some of them at a dinner the other night. And, and a couple of them were like, I'm never giving this up. I don't care what they say. I'm not going back into the office. Yeah, like, you know, it, as someone said to me the other day, I was talking about this. Pandora's box was opened, and everyone saw what a flexible life could be like. And so, I'll give you my specific breakdown. So, if I were to work a week from home, I would save a whole day a week from not traveling. Mm-hmm. So automatically, I'm already twenty percent up. So automatically. Anything I do on a Friday, hypothetically, or a Monday or whatever day I choose, mm-hmm. is already more than I would normally have done. So just purely on that basis. And then you go to the fact that, okay, well, I've got a family. And just as you know, they come home from school, I go down and make a, uh, a cup of tea or a cup of coffee. Mm-hmm. Um, Hi, how's your day? How did you get on? Can I have a hug? Uh, do you want something to eat? You know, those moments you can't get back in life. And, you know, we are very fortunate in many respects because I feel the older generation really missed out because, you know, my my grandfather's other spectrum. My grandfather is a, he definitely is a role model for me. Couldn't read or write at the age of 16, built a company that was worth a lot of money. Uh, Not, you know, the ridiculous monies, but, uh, you know, a lot of money from scratch, put it that Mm -hmm. way. Mm-hmm. Um and work so 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 hard, and um, you know he had no technology, and he was all over the country. He was flying everywhere. You know they just about had fax machines at that point. So you're having to run even more. Mm-hmm. And if you think about what they were doing, and and this exasperates what we said before. So. He would write a few letters in a day, probably, because I, I imagine how many letters can you write? That takes quite some time. Right. I would imagine you and I together probably get through somewhere to 50 and 100 emails minimum a day Yeah. yeah. in communications. And you kind of go, well, hold on, I'm, I'm now doing like 20 times more than that generation was doing. Absolutely. And then you've got social media. So I'm reading 100 times more. Than, that, than I was reading before. The information's everywhere. I cannot tell you, I'm sitting here, Brian, I've got one screen in front of me and two screens to my side. Mm-hmm. That's that's how I live my kind of, my world. And I love it because I love having everything around me. But this is, you know, this is a, a life where you are, your mind is having to do so much all the time. And it's not a case of, uh, you know, say back in the uh, the day where there was just a telephone or and no mobiles, you know, where it was almost that one on that real one on one connection mm-hmm. where it was right. I'm in the moment. I'm with you. 
whoever you are. And that's it. Now there's distractions everywhere. Is distractions from the phone, from people around you, from internet news, you know, and also it's 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 news which is not always news. It's news that you're being told about for some reason that you yeah. didn't know about, but someone thought it was a good idea to tell you for some reason. I'm right. sure, Brian. Right, right. Yeah, you you just brought up an, an excellent point, and it was I was again, we just talking to my wife a couple of days ago about this because. There is such a mass, literally like anything you want in the world, information is available at your fingertips. I'm like, what a time we live in. And I think yeah. back like at biblical times and people, you know, you it, you wrote things, you know, if they got written down at all, it was a lot of oral tradition. And I'm like, you know, now we can know, like I, I, I deal a lot with the afterlife and I'm like, we can, we can know there's studies out there and I can have access to all of them. But it it also can be overwhelming. And this is why a book like about holistic health is really important because our brains are processing so much more than they were before. I I am constantly like I was just this morning before I got on this call with you. I'm like, I'm in the middle of two courses right now that I'm taking online because they're all available. And I'm like, am I going to finish this one first or am I going to finish that one first? I was like, oh, yeah, I've got that one out there that I started, too. So you've got to really learn to, to focus and hone in on what's what's important. It's true. It's funny you say that I'm doing a course as well. I thought, well, I'm doing seven things at the same time, so why not give myself an eighth? Um, yeah. And um, and the funny thing is, I'm about I'm now three quarters of the way through it, and you kind of go, okay, right, I've got to do the last bit, and the last bit involves a bit of video and some interviews, and and you go, okay, well that that's just that takes a bit more time, so you know, mm-hmm. am I going to get time to do it? And you kind of push it a little bit to the side because it takes a slightly different uh level of uh, effort or whatever else right right um you may you mentioned you mentioned something before in terms of um the afterlife so i'm a big big fan of uh dr brian weiss it is dr mm-hmm. brian weiss i'm sure that's mm-hmm. the right person um miami dade uh i just i think that so i've done rec- uh, regression twice yeah um so I've uh, in my life's always been involved in the spiritual world in one form or another. My father's been involved in it. My mother's very spiritual, although doesn't like to say doesn't like to doesn't explore it more than anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, and invariably, actually, uh, the spiritual world really helped me through my say my my trauma when I hurt my back and, and got my uh, uh, my diagnosis. Mm. And I really focused a lot on the spiritual world to be fair because mm-hmm. i think that one is just the most incredible thing and they say uh seeing is believing personally experiencing is believing at the same time um right. there whether you believe in the spiritual world or not there are definitely energies in life it is a fact there are energies um like the chakras the chakras are um, energy transducers of the body so um when throughout covid we often felt that we missed feeling each other a lot of people mm-hmm. felt well you know i can't feel you and over zoom is a, is a different thing i think you can have some form of a, of a connection over zoom there is a, a some energy connection but just not that same level and that comes from the chakras the chakras are picking up the energies between individuals and it is a case of you give out which is your aura an energy field and someone else will retrieve that field it's like the same way if you meet someone for the first time and you've got an instant dis- disliking to them. There are many different permutations of why you've made that decision or why you've subconsciously made the decision. Energy is one of them. 
if they've got if they've got a feel to them that you just don't you you personally or subconsciously wouldn't agree to you will get that feeling instantly it's the same thing as uh, having hairs in the back uh, standing at the back of your neck it's a warning sign for your body subconsciously telling you to be aware of a problem or issue around you mm-hmm. so all of these things together are, you know are so uh, valid and valuable um but the the regression side of it i just found an amazing experience a really wonderfully amazing experience to go through a, a former life and in many respects experience the the pain of life and the the release of death as well mm. which uh was quite an, an amazing experience yeah well that that it comes back to you talking earlier about that macro view. And that's, I think, the really cool thing about studying the the, the afterlife. Because some people might say, well, why why, do, why should I care about the afterlife? Because that's then and this is now. I want to focus on the now. And it's always important to focus on the now. But it's also, again, putting that perspective in, in life is like, okay, this isn't all that bad. Everything that I go through, it's temporary. I've been through it before. I've been through worse before. I've always come through it. Um, and I was, again, speaking with someone just last night. We were talking about the, the idea of, of death. And I'm like, death doesn't mean the same thing to me as it does to other people. I have to be very careful when I talk to other people about life because, uh, and I can't remember who said it, but someone I know said, we have one life and it's eternal. So we just, it's death is a transition. It's it's, it's just moving from one stage of life to another stage of life. And when you study near death experiences as much as I have, and people say, I didn't die. I was I was on the table and then I was in the corner of the room and then I was somewhere else. Um, there was never a time when I wasn't me. And that's the way that I tend to look at life. And it just makes it a little bit easier to to pull back, you know, to not get so caught up in the minutiae. Yeah. No, I, I think that's a really lovely way to look at it. And I would say that personally it probably helped me in the same way. Um the one thing I say, so I, I'm not scared of death because of this, because I feel that, it, you know, I don't want to say it's positive. It sounds like a really bad thing to say. Um, but from what I experienced, it it, sound, it seems quite amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel that that side of it doesn't scare me. What I do want is a full life to experience this life in its entirety and to be of service mm-hmm. um, and i really mean that actually you know i, w- I would say the younger version who listening to me would go what are you talking about what do you mean be of service go and do something yourself um I, you know that i can hear myself talking so I, I i don't i know it sounds you know a bit strong but i mean it we when you get to a point i think understand there is more and you can do more and hence the reason why the book is even written to be fair you know mm-hmm. it's it's not a but you don't write a book to make you know just to make money that's that's not you don't write this type of book for that you write it because there is a real purpose and an understanding and a meaning behind it um and this is where it comes what you said um, earlier in terms of that flow of life and that flow that I just, you know, I like to be in the moment, feel the moment and experience the moment. So throughout that period, I just let everything take over. I, I think I wrote the book subconsciously. You know, I was I was just I was 
just doing my thing. I was getting information. I was researching. You know, we're talking about eleven months of every single day, literally like a job plus. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was it was a real flow in that moment. Um, See, so yeah, I think that you know it's such a lovely way of what you connected to when you when you do feel and see that that element that it's not so bad at the end. But as I said before, I, I really, my key is, is I really want that long life to just give me the chance to do what I'd love to do and, and just help as many people as possible. Yeah, and that's the, and again, that's one of the paradoxes about life is that the more you understand that death is not a bad thing. And I, I've said it so much, I'm not scared to say it anymore, but I know it sounds weird to other people. Um, it's not, it's not a bad thing, but it makes life actually even more precious because you realize that you do have a role here. You do have a purpose that, and again, it just, it, it lightens life a little bit. It, it, it doesn't, you know, I have a tendency to be a very high class, half full person. I tend to look at things negatively. That's the way I, that's my nature. But the more that I study this, the more that I get into it, the more I'm like, yeah, you know, things aren't that bad. Things are good. Like I was saying earlier, it's, it's cold here. Normally this time of year, I would be like depressed. I have seasonal affective disorder, you know, and I get, I get sad in the winter. Uh, I was talking to somebody the other day. I got a light, the sad light to put on my desk to help. And that helped for a while. The one just down here. And I, but I actually gave mine away. I I, I had a friend that she was, <laughs> she was suffering. And I said, I'm going to give this to you. And, and she said, well, don't you need it? I'm like, no, because I've accepted that this is how I am this time of year. It's just a lower energy time of year for me. And I'm just, I'm just going to accept that. So I, get up a little bit later in the morning, go to bed a little bit earlier at night because that's the season. That's what the sun's telling me to do. Yeah. No, do you know what? That's, well, I'm, bless you for giving your your lamp away. I've, I've got one literally sitting next to me. Mm-hmm. So, They're um, helpful. And I, they really are. And I, I pulled out my cupboard uh, last week because it, it just dropped and everything was dark and wet mm-hmm. and cold in London. I just thought, all right, so here we are. So let's let's see where we are. But I, I I love what you just said and the fact that you just you you know to take that on and just go look I understand okay it is what it is let me readjust my personal schedule and that's what this is exactly what I'm talking about you know you so you just went well I'm 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 going to do this I know there'll be I'm sure people listen to this who just go well I can't do that I've got to be at work at whatever time sure yeah you can you can try and alter a day to give yourself time to create a balance you can try and in small air areas whilst it might not be as easy and as flexible as as you've been able to do and to be completely honest so do i with my back this time of year the cold the wet the damp mornings are tough mm. um i don't put myself under pressure i don't i don't make myself feel guilty um there was a time that i did i used to i used to feel horrible that i was you know, in bed for another half an hour or at times maybe an hour because mm-hmm. of the pain. <clears throat> and you, you know, you got to go, well, does it help you? Yeah. Does it help you continue throughout the day? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is it the best thing that's for you and your family? Well, yeah, probably. All right. Well, then give yourself a break and forget about it. Right. Yeah. I, and, I, you know, I, you, you articulated so well. I, I recently worked with a coach and he talked about like taking breaks throughout the day. So, um, and I, yes. and I talked to a guy, there's a clock. I didn't even know about this called Pomodoro. I think it is where you work mm-hmm. for like 25 minute segments. So people actually put like a thing on their desk and it'll time them for 25 minutes. 
And then you you work for 25 minutes and then you get up and you take a break, five, 10 minute break or whatever. And you're actually more productive than if you just sit and try to power through. And that that's that mentality that says, I'm going to be more productive in the time I'm working if I take if I take this break and if I treat myself, you know, yeah. more gently. Yeah, not everybody can do what I do because I, I walk for an hour and a half first thing every morning, but I also get up early to do that because the rest of the day I'm sitting at my desk and I my because of my schedule and my lifestyle, I'm like if I want to get any activity in, it has to be first thing. So that's what I do. Um, but for other people, it might be walking after dinner, you know, it might be taking a 20 minute walk after after I finish dinner, whatever works for you. Yeah, so I'd my mine's usually uh, late afternoon if I can, or early evening, just after work. I can then make a few phone calls. Mm-hmm. Um, I usually take my dog out; is a great excuse to to walk. And that's again, it's one of the things that's in the book. Having a pet is just such a good reason to get out of the house. Yeah, it really is. And obviously, the love and and you know affection you get from an animal is uh, is amazing anyway. Um, and if you are by yourself in particular, I would definitely recommend getting an animal because i just think having someone who just looks after you and just goes i love you but can i have some food please it's quite a nice thing yeah well let's talk about the book so give me some examples we've we've, we've talked a lot about it but let's give me some examples of what's in the book that can help people so so the book is 420 pages um it covers a lot of things yeah. um so the first and foremost of the book it breaks down into the basis of the immune system. Um, and I think a lot of people were told a huge amount of information over COVID, and I don't think any of it really went in. So I picked out five or six points of the, of the immune system to start with. And then it goes on to, uh, to talk about healthy living and uh, lifestyle. So healthy living and lifestyle could, oh, it's a plethora of things. It could be talking about um, sleep. So getting the right amount of sleep so six to eight hours sleep the right temperature between 15.6 i think it is and 19.3 i think something like that um you know those kind of elements uh coffee as i mentioned before two cups of coffee a day is fine up to six is okay sorry two cups up to two cups of coffee a day is beneficial up to six cups of coffee is okay over six cups of coffee becomes a negative for your your lifespan Mm -hmm. so it you're going into different elements throughout the whole of this book in terms of uh, the health, uh, well, healthy living and lifestyle in particular. Also talks about screen times, the negative effects of screen times, being aware that the uh, the red, green and blue light of the screen affects your car, uh, circadian rhythm. So, I, you know, I think everyone's been at some stage in their life somehow on their phone or iPad or TV or whatever and uh, you were supposed to be in bed at 11 and you look at your watch like 2.30 in the morning and you're like, why? Why did I do this? Why has this happened? And why did I not look at my time? Invariably, what happens is at that point in the day, you're, the, the blue light of the screen is resetting your cycle. So mm. you, you're not tired, or especially when you've got the, the screen right in your face, you're not tired. Mm-hmm. Um and these kind of elements, you've just got to be aware of them. But over a long period of time, they can have a genuine negative effect. So that's kind of the opening gambit. Then we talk about the nutritional sense. As I mentioned to you, uh, Anton Bouchon talks about the terrain uh, theory, which really is it's factual, but it's 
what you eat and within well, your, uh, I think it was 70% of your immune system is it's within your gut. Mm-hmm. So that automatically should highlight that you've got to look after your stomach, what you're putting in it, what's right for you. And again, I think what's right for you is not right for someone else. Um, I, I do have a, a theory that everyone's got their own being. Um, as we've said before, we've got our own past lives. You take things from your past lives through from one to another. Um, there are family um, hereditaries as well. So you've got lines of people that follow the same kind of illnesses. Um, but for me, um, and this even happened when I was younger, I just stopped it and then continued it when I was older. I'm gluten-free, dairy-free, you know, don't eat any, any white carbs at all. Uh, I don't think they benefit me in any way, shape or form. I remember um, in particular, I used to have uh, jacket potato for lunch either at work or maybe on a Sunday with the kids. And we we were out actually one time in a, it was a zoo or a farm. And uh, I had this jacket potato. And about half an hour later, I just crashed. My energy went from 100 to about minus 20. Mm-hmm. And I felt absolutely horrific. And the, you know, the sugars in there and everything else just really started to affect my body. So I try and eat as fresh as humanly possible. So uh, lots of fresh veg. I don't eat too much um, fruit personally because I find it too sweet. I'm not a particularly, say, not particularly sweet person, but that's not mm. a great thing to say. Um, but also, I, mean, I, I guess people go, well, hold on, you don't eat carbs, you don't eat sweets, you don't drink any dairies. Um, like one, what are you eating? And two, I'm never going to do that. And the way I I answer that is pretty simple. So the reason why I eat a lot of salad started when I was younger. So as I mentioned, I was 55 pounds heavier when I was a a younger lad. Um, Now, the reason why I started to eat salads, I went to a TGI Friday. I don't remember the restaurant. It's awful. Uh, not a great restaurant, admittedly, when I was a kid, but um, went to this restaurant and we were about to order our food and the waitress was putting down this salad to, or this this tray to at the table next to me. And it was massive. It was huge. There was loads of food on it. And I was like, what is that? And my mom goes, that's a salad. It's like a whatever salad. And I went, I'm going to eat that. <laughs> and basically I started to eat salads because it was the biggest thing on the menu. <laughs> and so, you know, it, it wasn't a healthy start. Um, and from that moment, actually, I, I started to absolutely love it. And I do like the freshness. And I like the crunch and all that kind of good stuff. But the way to I look at um, food in particular is that the sun is the, the biggest, and most powerful and most important energy source. The sun feeds everything. Mm-hmm. The, fun, the sun gives everything energy. And the sun grows the fruits and the the vegetables and everything else the closest thing you can get to energy is a raw piece of vegetable or whatever it might be a raw piece of anything really mm-hmm. um i do eat meats i do eat uh fishes i'm not adverse to that i know that i would say that being a, ve- a vegan is definitely something to look at highly and definitely don't eat a huge amount of red meats i would uh, try not to use too much frying things as well but there, mm-hmm. there are lots of different things that you can look at um but again that's what i found for me so what i do in, in the book is we highlight uh or i highlight the 
the foods that are good for your immune system. So you don't have to eat them, but if you were to eat these foods, whether it's you or someone else, they are immune boosters okay. and genuinely yeah. positive for your for your for your gut health. And then we talk about um, vitamins. Now, with vitamins in particular, um, I talk about. So again, I've looked at a lot of vitamins with a, a nutritionist and a natural herbalist. Um, obviously, looking at every way I can to strengthen my body, whether it was B12, multivitamins, iron supplements, uh, vitamin D, um, cod liver oil. You know, these are all supplements that I take. So, mm-hmm. um, highlight what those supplements are, and not my personal ones, but all the ones that there would be major boosters to your immune system that that you should or possibly at least know about. Um, and then we talk, uh, we use the, I think it's the NHS and the the American version. It's not the CDC, I don't think it is, but it's something similar. I think it might be the CDC or the NIV, might be the NIV. Anyway, so it, we utilize the, the variable um, daily allowances because amazingly it changes from America to uh, to Europe, Yeah, how much one should take with vitamins. So the way and and i think they do it by the the terrain and nature and everything else and the foods and what else goes around it but i just thought it was quite nice to give a balance of both um and then we talk about mental health and the connection to the physical and what mental health means and what it is do you know this amazing stat and this, this so um just try and get this right so there's a global burden of disease study in 2017 um which said that a total of 970 million people were suffering from a mental health disorder or substance mm. abuse disorder, mm. of which 792 and uh, 792 million specifically with a mental health disorder, with schizophrenia, uh, no, sorry, with um, anxiety and depression being the, the highest two, yeah. which takes about 550 million of that proportion now Mm -hmm. don't ask me why i know that i've just been doing a lot of research and uh, a huge amount of presentations recently so i know that's in my mind and absolutely factual right brian that was in 2017 now that number i fear post-covid is going to be close to 1.3 billion people in the world Mm -hmm. there are nearly 8 billion people in the world you're talking about over 15 percent of the planet is suffering with a mental health problem Mental health problems lead on to physical health problems. Physical health problems lead on to emotional health problems. Affects your energy. We are linked intrinsically together between our physical, mental, energetic, and emotional health. This is the point where you start to see everything come together. This is what the book is about. The Holistic Guide to Your Health and Wellbeing Today is a relationship between those four core bodies. And the more that one can understand themselves in each element the more of a chance you're just giving yourself to be the better version of yourself or be more aware to help yourself and and as i said earlier just to have those tools available and the knowledge really not being funny there there's information there as i said it's not about my information it's about the information of some of the greatest scientists that the planet's ever seen researching this stuff right um and i just happen to be the, the the person that put it together um, and look, you know, I'm very blessed to be to have had four co-editors of the book as well. A 30-year psychologist, David Moxon, an international numerologist, Anne Perry, who's fantastic. Um, my spiritual mother, I call her, um, Sarah Leslie, who's a clairvoyant healer medium. 
and the CEO of Steps Together, a UK rehabilitation centre, which is my brother, Darren Rolf. Now, these four people came together to be a part of this, to really impart their knowledge and to make sure that everything we're doing is absolutely right. And, and the thing is, what I did with all of them, none of them saw the whole book. Every single one of them just saw their own portion and never crossed over into someone else's hmm. because it was all about their specialism. It was all about them doing what, what they're good at, what their knowledge base is. Uh, and to have Anne Perry to work through our numerology um, part is is basically we have a really excellent basis of a but well, numerology basic guide mm -hmm. within mm -hmm. this book. You literally could cut that book out and go, right, here's how you learn numerology. And people go, hold on, what's numerology? Isn't it a bit far-fetched? Well, numerology, you can take it in many different ways. But Pythagoras, the father of mathematics, created numerology in about 2500 BC. So Pythagoras came out with the theory that every number had its own personality. And realistically, in this planet and in the universe, if you boil anything down, it boils down to a number. We are we are all numbers. Everything boils down to a number. So by having a um, this vibration and personality, Pythagoras was able to give an identity to each number. Now, numerology works in a way that there are different ways to look at it, but the, the full base of numerology is that you, we are here and we have many lives and we are reincarnated and we're here to progress and learn. You know, we are mm -hmm. effectively, we are here to learn. Um, and you can go the further up the, um, the education ladder spiritually. And then there are master numbers as well as uh, one to nine. So, um, numerology is on the basis that before you're incarnated or reincarnated on earth, uh, you would pass on to your parents a, not a name, but a specific number. So let's say when I was coming down, my number was 11. I, I have a specific path number, it's number 11. So I would have given guidance to my parents of the names. And you know, I think every, virtually everyone everywhere, um writes a list of names and mm -hmm. usually you think your list of names is going to be pretty huge and really your list of names end up being about three or four for each boy and each girl because neither you or your partner can actually agree on the exact name right exactly. so you get this kind of list mm -hmm. and then suddenly the list goes well the first name's here and the middle name's there and suddenly it goes well the middle name's over there and it's gone over there and you get the name of your child now it seems amazingly organic most of the time how that happens. Mm -hmm. As in, you don't really use any thought process to come up with that. It, they seem to appear, I would say, categorically with everyone. No one goes, oh, I really struggled with that. And, you know, in the end, it, I thought of this name. We did a, we did a cross analysis and worked out that <laughs> George was the best name. No, you get that, that feeling or that, mm -hmm. oh, do you know what? I had a dream last night about George Washington. Let's call it Washington yeah. or whatever it might be. Do you know what I mean? So mm -hmm. um, there are things that come to you. So invariably, because of your name and your birth date, those are the two core numbers of numerology. By working out, by utilizing those two core numbers, you can get your life core. So your life core is your, uh, your life number, your personality number, your achievement number, 
um, your expression number, and also your heart's desire. I think I might be the same actually. I've crossed over. I've missed one there. Um, but if you take your life path, so your life path is the path that you are to to learn from effectively. Mm-hmm. So within the book, we highlight all of the the questions. Dare I say, the don't be impatient, the or, or learn not to be impatient. Learn to be a teacher. Learn to be helpful. Learn to progress in your life, etc., etc., etc. Giving guidance to where you should be. And amazingly, I've always found at least everyone I've ever spoken to about numerology always will feel at least 70% connection at the very minimum. Mm-hmm. But if there's a 70% connection, there is a chance there's something not 100% right with your name or middle name or a connection to, because usually, and for me, it was 95, 100% accurate. Like mm. everything just made so much more sense when I had this numerology reading and, and path in front of me. Um, and I think we're having that, the detail of that and, and an understanding of your life path. And people might go, hold on, you're saying my life's mapped out. It's not about being mapped. We've all got free choice and we can do whatever we want at whatever time. But it's like if you take a course, you can either learn the course and pass the course, or you could do a different course and not pass the course that you're on. So we've got a we've got a choice, and invariably we've chosen the lives we've got. Um, and it's about making the most out of the situation, the opportunity, um, and being, as you've said, positive in every affirmation and every movement and every progression. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it it sounds like um and I knew this before we talked, but it, it's it, when you say holistic, you you really mean holistic. This kind of covers every aspect of of who we are and uh it's it's great because we are. We are we are these complex beings that there, there are all these influences and some of which we can have control over. So why not have control over as much as possible? Um, and you you touched upon something earlier about um, you know this anxiety and depression that people are going through, and I have to I always have to put a plug in for this book. It's I love it. it's called Lost Connections by Johan Hari. Um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with it, but he talks about all these people that are on all the you know all the antidepressants and stuff, and a lot of it is just it's the fact that we just aren't connected to each other. We're not connected to ourselves. We're not connected to each other. And those things, you know, all those things you talked about that affect us individually, then we affect everybody around us. So we're it's a we're all connected, as you said earlier. So I I, I love the idea of this sounds like a great, like almost a reference book, you know, read it, but then you can go back to it and say, okay, um, let me look at my nutrition. Let me look at uh the way, you know, what is what is my life path? Is that's a Real big question I get from people. Why am I here? What is my purpose? And we can get some clues from things like that, some, from past life regressions, from numerology. Absolutely. I, I couldn't agree with you anymore. I just feel that when you're at a point, especially I think with grief in particular, you're you're, you're clinging on at times. You're looking mm-hmm, for answers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and just having a bit of an answer at times is enough. It's going, okay, well, hold on, there's more. There's more to this, and I want to learn more and understand more. And it's a very good self-talk. There's something else as well. So 
Um, very quickly, so the other the other elements in the book also to talk about advanced body language, uh, emotional intelligence. Um, as we've discussed already, um, Don uh, Ruiz uh, Miguel Ruiz, sorry, uh, fourth mm-hmm. and fifth agreements, Blink, Malcolm Gladwell, and also Eckhart Tolle, the power of now, living in the moment. Mm-hmm. So whilst we've talked about a lot of things, and we've talked about the future and the past and everything else, Eckhart Tolle is just brilliant in that being in the central moment because when you are fully in a moment is when you can purely enjoy enlightenment and i feel that it's it's pretty hard to achieve um because you really have to be in that moment and in that flow of life mm-hmm. uh, and i can say you know i'm not saying I've, I've, I'm, I'm in enlightenment every single day of my life i work in the city of london in finance with a lot of things going on. It's not the easy thing to do. Mm-hmm. But I've had those moments and you go, do you know what? He is absolutely right. And the thing is, it kind of, the whole point at the end of the book is it's tying it all together. So by now you've got the emotional intelligence. Again, it's understanding yourself. Numerology, it's understanding yourself. Um, advanced body language, understanding yourself and the other person. You know, just the more you understand by nonverbal communication, the easier life is anyway. But communication is not verbal. I think was it seventy three percent, if I'm right in saying, I have got it in the book. And excuse me if mm-hmm. I'm wrong. But I think seventy three percent of communication is nonverbal. Yeah, um, physical, right. um, verbal, and tonal. Mm-hmm. And tonal, I think, is it comes out six percent. But Bearing in mind, I do a job where I've been speaking to people my whole life for 20 years, either in person or over the phone. I listen for the tone. I listen for the nuances. I listen beyond the listening because you hear what someone's saying, but then you go, okay, well, most people don't really want to say what they are saying. So let's look behind what they're saying into the subconscious, giving you the clue. And I feel that as an individual, the more that you can be aware of those nuances just the easier life becomes because you might look at someone and they go they might do something i'm not going to give you an example because it, it could lead on to a whole different thing but they mm-hmm. might do something you go hold on i i recognize that mm-hmm. that doesn't that mean something and the thing is with body language it's all about the moment it is specifically about that split second so uh, so if you look up to the left Usually it signifies that you're thinking in your natural brain of a truthful answer. If you look up into the right, you're being creative. Now, it doesn't mean you're lying if you look up into the right because you're being creative. No, you could just be creative. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're aware of that, you can go, okay, well, all right, fine. And if you if someone if you, someone is looking, say, to the right, and you can go, hold on, I've got a feeling they are not telling me the complete truth. Right, right. But you can't then go to them in five minutes' time and go, you, you're lying to me now. No, that was that was five minutes ago. That was only in that that thought process. And I noticed I did it in a, in a, in a podcast. Uh, and it's hilarious for myself. I, I was watching myself back, which I don't normally like to do, to be completely honest. And um, I was talking about something really trivial. And I looked up to the right and I went, ah, I remember that. Mm. And I've, I've not really seen myself do that. 
and you kind of go all right so you can really see the nuances so that's mm -hmm. what that side of it is about so um so when you go back to the power of now with Eckhart Tolle and being in that moment it connects to um don't take things personally do your best you know all you always do your best from uh, Dom Ruiz sounds like such a simple simple thing and almost a stupid thing to say well everyone says always do your best of course I'll do my best it's not about that. It's you do your best for right. you. Right. If you can wake up every day and go, well, look, no one can have a go at me ever because I've literally done the best that I can do and the best that I've delivered today. I didn't, you know, I wasn't smoking weed all day. I wasn't drinking beer all day uh, or whatever it is, unless that happens to be your job, weed and beer taster, which kudos to you guys for yeah. getting some pretty <laughs> decent jobs. Yeah. Um, but do you know what I mean? So it's, again, going back to what we said before, don't beat yourself up. And these guys connected in a very nice way to look at the individual points to go, right, look, live your life in the present. There are past present moments, but they don't exist because they're gone. There are future present moments. Well, they're nowhere near. So what is the point of worrying about it? The present moment, this is the moment. This moment with you and I is the only moment you and I will ever be able to connect to in a conscious basis mm -hmm. that's it you can't be somewhere else your mind might be a little bit somewhere else your heart might be a little bit somewhere else you can bits of you are somewhere else but your conscious has to be present and if you're present in the moment there's no fear there's no worry there's no anxiety there's nothing wrong with this moment there's nothing happening in five minutes that's going to worry you because there is no five minutes because there's only now so the more you live in that moment the less of that future anxiety that you're going to have, the less of that concern you're going to have, the less questioning you're going to have. That is, a, I think, a massively key tool for anyone to learn, especially when we're talking about depression and, and anxiety. So, you know, piecing everything together, even up until the numerology and then adding this element at the end, as you've said, you know, I've tried to look at everything, but not I've tried to look at everything. This is what I've used. This is what I have personally utilized and and really, dare I say it, loved using. You know, I think a lot of people can use um, information and data or be told different things with information and data and not really connect to it. You kind of read something and go, oh, yeah, it's kind of useful. But when you connect to something and you love it, the level goes up such a, a different degree. Like right. as I was talking about before with Brian, with Dr. Brian Weiss, my mind was blown away with, right. you know, right. the messages from the masters. You're like, Oh, everyone should be reading this. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, and, and that's the thing it's, it, you know, there are certain books that you read, as you said, and you get the information. Uh, uh, and I, I was, I'm taking this course now. They talk about like the information is like 20%. But 80% is actually using it. It's the inspiration and, and it's actually using it to change your life. So with a book like this, it's like, don't just read it. What are you going to do? You know, you, you mentioned earlier, life is about doing. So what, what are you going to do with it? So, uh, we've actually gone past our time. I've, I'm really, really enjoying this conversation. Um, so Oliver, I want to thank you for being here and, want, and letting people know like how they can reach you, where they can get the book and remind people the name of the book as well. Okay, so the book is called The Holistic Guide to Your Health and Wellbeing Today. It is out in the UK at the end of this week. So it's a, so excited to be here and do this podcast. 
Uh, it comes out in America on the 1st of December and globally the 1st of December, just after Thanksgiving. So thanks, happy Thanksgiving to everyone out there. Um, if there's a, a gift that you want to give someone as a, as a present for having you, this is fantastic. It's a great stocking filler as well. Um, you can catch me at any point. My uh, website address is www.spartan-int.com. And you can catch me at info at spartan-exec.com. All right. Well, thanks for being here. It's been a great conversation. It genuinely has been an absolute pleasure. And uh, you're an awesome guest. And if you ever invite me back, I'd be an absolute delight to be back again. Absolutely. Have a good one. Thanks for listening to Grief to Growth. Brian hopes that you find this episode helpful and will come back for future episodes. Brian's best-selling book, Grief to Growth, Planted Not Buried, is a great resource for anyone who is coping with grief or knows someone who is. If you enjoy the podcast and would like to support it, there are three things you can do to help. The first is to share the podcast with someone that you think it will help. The second is to go to iTunes, rate, and review the episode. The third way you can support the podcast is by becoming a patron. Head over to www.patreon.com slash grief to growth. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash grief, the number two, growth, and sign up to make a small monthly donation. Patrons get access to exclusive bonus content and knowledge that you are helping to spread the message of grief to growth. For more about Brian and grief to growth, visit www.grief2growth.com. Hey there, if you liked this episode, come on over and talk about it. Let me know what you liked. If you didn't like this episode, come on over and talk about it. Let me know what you didn't like. Go to grieftogrowth.com slash community and look for talk about the podcast. I'll see you there.